Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Mm, 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 mm. Ooh. Oh, seems all right. Mm. Said so I like nervous. I'm <laughs> like, ooh, oh, fucking hell, that might be, might be the first podcasters. Sounds all right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 250 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And the greatest mistake of your life was starting this podcast with you. Might be starting this podcast with me. <laughs> but-, <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> but today, <laughs> this is like a celebration song or honeymoon, depending how you look at it. You've done it, yeah. right? This week's guest is the amazing Harry Styles of rock. Ooh. Uh, the mighty, mighty Lucas Woodland of the brilliant Holding Absence. Yes, and side note, I didn't do a crooked melody pun oh. because every time I say those words, that crooked melody is stuck in my head. Yeah. Some of those very talented, handsome bastards. Yes, so, it will do that. It yes, will. I, every time I hear the word crooked melody now, I am doomed to listen to that song and then ultimately have it repeated in my head all day until I listen to Private Dancer by um, uh, Tina Turner, which was once told to me by Lindsay Way, Jared Way's wife. She once told me, if you ever got a song stuck in your head, listen to Private Dancer by uh, Tina Turner and then it'll go away. But what I found is I end up with Private Dancer <laughs> stuck in my fucking head. Then, I? So it's nice, a circle. Nice with Lindsay. Uh, but anyway, yes, Holden Absence and Lucas Woodland, <laughs> they have cemented themselves as one of the brightest stars in this scene over the last few years. They've got a new album out now titled The Noble Art of Self-Destruction. Cracking. And I thought we might as well do another in-depth interview with Lucas. We've done one with every release. I think it's quite nice because we've naturally got to document not only the band's evolution, but him as a human. It's kind of like our version of that uh, Vanity Fair, Billie Eilish interview series, but more Welsh. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> slightly less money behind it as well. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. it was fantastic to talk to Lucas once again. Um, we went to Music Box in Cardiff, where they, um, Music Box hooked us up with a, with a room, which was very, very kind of him, so thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it was just great to catch up with Lucas prior to him rushing off to America, <gasps> where he is currently on tour with Census Fail, I believe. Oh, mad, mad. And Class. Coinciding it all with, uh, this is our 250th weekly podcast. How? 
quite the achievement, to be fair. Unbelievable. Uh, round of applause, not for us, but for everyone listening to this nonsense that much that has made it to 250 <laughs> weekly pod. But also for us. <laughs> also for us, because that means both of us have had to put up with each other for at least 250 episodes. That's true. So we have done this. So yeah, I guess there has there has no been a week that we haven't recorded together, no, really, because no. we always do the ins and outs like a day or two before the episode comes out. So yeah, to at least two hundred and fifty weeks in a row, we've been in contact. There hasn't been a week <laughs> where we haven't contacted each other. No, as much as you I wish. Need a fucking holiday. <laughs> as much I need as you holiday. wish, there wasn't. But Jesus fuck, you know. Christ! If we just take a moment for everyone to give us a round of applause. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. I heard that. Do you know what? I genuinely heard you clap in and say, well done, boys. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Episode 250. Who'd have fucking thought? But at least we get to share it with the beautiful, beautiful Lucas Woodland of the amazing Holden Absence. Yeah, he's, well, you're kind of like a proud father to him. And on Shut some... up, man. His mother doesn't want people to know. Well, some some rumours on the internet say that you are, so... Definitely not. You haven't got a long head like me. <laughs> Bro, if he came out of my cock, right? <laughs> well done, my balls. Because he is gorgeous and he's got more talent than I've ever known. So, um, I'm, I don't think I'm his... I, do you know what? I can 100% clarify that I am not Lucas Woodland's father. Oh, there you are. Big, uh, big sorry, announcement Lucas. on Lucas, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry about it. What's happened is, me and Morgan are in Swansea, <laughs> and we've had to come to my car to record the ins and outs, because we thought we were going to get doing a venue today, but the band have uh, disappeared last minute. So what's happened is, me and Morgan have walked out to Swansea until we've got back to my car, and my car is so warm inside that we are delusional right now. I have got sweaty tits. <laughs> no, so there's, not, there's no other way to describe it. Sweaty Tits McGee in Swansea. Uh, but before we get into it and we talk about every beautiful moment that's happened over the last few years, Lucas's engagement, some album secrets, and just his growth as a human being, uh, please rem- a reminder to go and follow us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram and support this lovely podcast via patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Everyone over there has helped ma- literally make this podcast happen for 250 weeks in a row and we couldn't do it without them. So come and join the family, get a load of extra mad bonuses behind the scenes and uh, we'll be going to hopefully have some more surprises on there and announcements and all that as well. So uh, get involved. Yes, man. come on, man. Get involved, please, for the love of God. Check out Patreon, patreon.com forward slash something. Get in touch with us at something pod on Twitter, Instagram, Maybe TikTok if you want. Oh, we have tried. <laughs> uh, we tried to have a go at the TikTok. Yeah, so we, 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 tried tried to to fil- we tried to film one. It might be out by now, so that's worth having a look. But fuck me, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how the fucking kids of today are doing it, man. No. How are they all fucking... Video acting? They're all fucking Steven Spielberg of phones. <laughs> and he's me going, do we even look... I don't even know if we framed right, but... <laughs> we look like a pair of fucking knobs, but... Uh, yes, let's get into this yes, episode. Yes, this is Lucas Wonderland for the... Andrew what? Uh, Lucas Wonderland? <laughs> Wonderland. Got a new fucking... <laughs> got a new surname. <laughs> Lucas Wonderland Woodland. <laughs> yes! 250 Sapman Podcast. <laughs> Sapman! I just realised we've got 182 Patreons. Don't blink. Something! What a fucking mad one it says. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's happening? What's happening? Yes! We are joined right now by the cover star of this week's <laughs> Kerrang! magazine. <laughs> and <laughs> as of late, he has become a fiancé as well. <laughs> but don't forget, he sing a song right there, the brilliant Lucas Woodland. Lucas, how are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, it's a bit of a big week for me, really, isn't it? Very, so thank very you good for week. preparing everyone for the... Uh, we're going to talk about my, my wedding plans for the next hour and a half. Now. <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm good. Hello. Thanks nice. for having yeah. me back. No worries. Yeah, well, no worries. we wanted you on again. I mean, you've been on so many times, but this is the third like proper episode yeah. you've done. Because yeah. I think it's really interesting the fact that we have done one every time you have a new album out. Mm. And it's been um, interesting to see how much you've grown in that time and how stuff has gone on. So I think it'd be interesting to to dive into all of that really but yeah like let's talk about this engagement like congratulations very much um you sent the internet on fire with the wholesomeness of the post it was <laughs> yeah did numbers matter <laughs> it's off it's back on baby it's back on guys do you know what yeah Ah, uh, sophomore son <laughs> <laughs> copy and paste the same caption every time yeah. oh look Oh man, but no, it was. Uh, oh, it's, you know, it's really not. I think I think it's actually really cool because obviously, like, I'm a musician and I'm a guy in a band and all this. But it's like, it's nice that like people care about me as a person underneath all of that. You know what I mean? So it is really touching that anyone cares. You know, and you know, it's uh, it's nice. But yeah, I think basically it, it kind of got initiated. I said a little bit in the post, but it was like we were in we were in Italy at the foot of a three month tour, and then we got a tour offer for like November. And I was like, it's February and I'm getting a tour off of November. I'm only going to be home for three months. And I just remember thinking like, oh, it'll be next year before I know it. You know what I mean? And then next year it's like, I'm older again. And, you know what I mean? So it's like, I just remember thinking like, oh man, I got to do it. Um, but yeah, it was really, really sweet. And I got very, I was very nervous. Um, but I asked the question. So I don't even know if I actually asked the question. I think, <laughs> when you get down on a knee with a ring, is not much else to do. Yes. Yeah. 
Didn't ask you, like, what do you think of this ring? Has your phone on the floor? No! Oh my God, no! Your lace is undone. Yeah. 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 Look what I found. Oh, no, she's going to think. Oh. Uh, but no. but yeah. Did she have so, any idea you were about to do it? Um, we It was nice because like we would we'd do this thing over the last few years where we'd kind of get drunk and then we'd be like, oh, you know, one day when we do get married, blah, 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 blah. So we obviously like kind of initiated the idea that it was something we'd both like to do, but... I didn't realize, but I messaged her back in like March and I was like, if I got you a special ring, would, would a black diamond be like nice or would it be like shit or whatever? And I don't know why I did that because I like obviously kind of fumbled it, but she forgot. And then uh. six months later, I ask, and she's like, oh, my God. I, you know, but uh, more than anything, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. She yeah. Literally, literally asked me my rings. No, I didn't actually. But um, but no, it was like, I think, though, it's, it's tough when, when you're in a relationship with somebody who, like, actually knows how to dress themselves. You've got to think about stuff like that more yeah, than other much. things. Yeah, you know what I mean, because okay, yeah. she's got this thing where, like, she can only wear, like, black tote bags because that'll match every outfit. Clever. Do you get what I mean? But yeah, I'm like, yeah, if yeah. I got her a ring with like a ruby or something, it's like oh, screwed for the rest whoa, of the time. What about when, when I'm wearing orange? Yeah. <laughs> you're not thinking about, Luca, do you really love me? Because if you love me, you would have known. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it'd be I, um, awkward, wouldn't it? But yeah, so anyway, happy days. Just got to save up some money now. Yeah, <laughs> Gonna well, have to yeah. get a job. <laughs> like I said before, and as well, um, you got a lot of us with girlfriends in trouble as well with that beautiful caption and um, that. So. Um, thanks. So no rush. Yeah, everyone listening. Yeah, everyone chill out. <laughs> no eh? rush. Chill out, guys. I wasn't listening to this, but we were joking as well because on the post, as I said, there was loads of really nice comments, and we were like, "Should we just comment?" And they're going, "Oh, engage around the album coming out." Yeah, bit of a PR <laughs> stunt. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get eyes on this next album. Get engaged to a girl. <laughs> yeah, like nobody's ever like. Do anything else other than that? Surely, like you'd be like, yeah, I know, fake your death. Oh, I'll be a good <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right no. No. Oh, yeah. Oh. So yeah, let's talk new album. Have you heard it? Uh, no. Only the singles. Who the hell, man? Who's no. I gotta have a word with Joe yeah. Nan. <laughs> sorry, boys. <laughs> I could have. It's all right. Sorry. Well, 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 I, I've started enjoying release day. I get right. Good. Yeah. Good. Mm. I've got this thing where, like, if a mate's band if a mate tries to send me their album i might listen once but i'll never listen more than once because like you go through the honeymoon period before everybody else and then when the album's out it's like i, I i'm over it yeah. almost yeah. you know Very what i mean so. and if you're a fan of a band like you don't want that so yeah I, i'm the same yeah, yeah. and i don't want to because then if i do happen to you even if it's a week before i'll be like I want to fucking post about this. Mm, or, yeah, I, I know you mean. But now and I'm going to be wanna... that wanker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I've heard it and it's brilliant. But I don't want to be one of them. But uh, but yeah, so I'm excited as hell. I'm yes. sorry you haven't heard it yet. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. I know we're excited with everyone else. But yeah, how it must be weird to think like how fast this band has matured in a mm. lot of ways. And you're on yeah. your third album already. Like I said, I remember we were at Sean's uh, old flat, old house talking about the debut and mad that you know, you're putting an album out oh my god this is insane how do you feel now like looking back at the evolution of the band to, to what it is today yeah it's crazy you know and like um, I think someone asked me the other week about like you know where, would album one Lucas be excited with album three or whatever and like you know I keep telling people but I'm like uh, during the making of album one like at that point with, with the podcast with you guys like I would never have thought we would have got to number three like you know because it's like I don't know. I think people underestimate how like consistently hard it is to be in a band. Like something happens and you just want to step like, because it's almost like you sacrifice 
every other aspect of your life for one thing. And then when that one thing goes wrong for even a minute, you just think, oh, could just pull the plug and just like be normal. Right. You know, and it's like, and when you do, you know, we've been touring an insane amount. Like we, like we've, we did 97 shows last year. And at the moment on the books, we've got 130 shows this year. So it's like nearly 250 shows in two years and to write, record and release an album, you know, and like even stuff like, you know, I love you guys. I'm happy to be here today, but it's like, you know, I got to practice three days of this week. And then I come into Cardiff to see you guys. It's like uh, four days of my week is just like band stuff. And I don't even live in Cardiff anymore. So I've got, you know, so it's like, it does take a lot of time, even things you don't even think about, like, you know, and, and all it takes is, you know, I, I don't know, I can't afford the train or something. Oh, I'm having a, or something goes wrong in practice or whatever. And it's like, it's really, everything is almost on a knife's edge constantly. Um, and at the time of the, the self-titled man, it was, oh my God, it was really like tough. You know, we had lineup changes and we had some horrible like issues with the album production and just like, and you know, I listen back to the album and it's like, I know I can, I can like hear the intent underneath almost, but it's like, you know, I almost feel sorry for that album in a way because it's like, it, it was just plagued with so much stuff that it's like that intent is like hidden underneath somewhere, you know? Whereas I think, you know, we've been fortunate the last two albums have been like very much what we've wanted them to be. And um, they've, you know, obviously grown really healthily and it's, it's really cool. But even just looking back at the photo mm. of the three of us, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, was, we put the black and white filter over it. You know what I mean? And it's like, that feels yeah. like a different life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. I forgot about that bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. For years, people were like, how pale are they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we never, we have to go and see them live because I want to see how pale. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same with growing old now and you've really grown up in the public eye. In a lot of ways, like we joke about not being able to uh, uh, to enjoy normal life stuff, but you haven't really. And you talk about being on the road so much. There's a period where you were literally flying from festivals to Australia to the states, the yeah. back to yeah. over. Like, how have you been able to adapt with that? Is it just being one whirlwind of you're like, right, what's next? We're just going to do this, blah blah blah. Or have you been able to? take it in and being like oh we're actually traveling we're actually seeing different cultures i mean yeah yeah i mean that's kind of there's two answers to that question because i think the first one is like you know for me i've really like slumped into who i intrinsically am like when i'm home i really don't play up to anything because you're right like and it's funny as you said that then i was like god you made me sound like macaulay culkin you know (laughs) but it's like but no like you know at the end of the day trying to be in a band from 2010 to now it's 13 years of my life where i've had to worry about what i'm saying online or i've had to worry about the perception of self or even stuff like i don't know putting on weight or having a bad haircut like it sounds stupid but i kind of have this hardwired issue where like i feel like everyone's looking at me all the time because like i've kind of signed up to that a long time ago um so yeah there is a, a weird aspect of that but i think the more intense it's become now I feel like it's almost like a boomerang. Like the harder you throw it, like the harder it comes back. And and for me, it's like I go away for three months and I'm in the public eye. I'm posting on Instagram every day and I'm meeting people after shows every day. And I'm, you know, broing out with the other bands and really being a person that I'm not really, you know what I mean? And then I come home and like, I just absolutely become a massive nerd and a bit of a hermit. But I, I, I love it. You know, it's just like I've almost found myself in a way because I've reached such a height with the band that I can almost swing back to a completely different height on the other side and learn things about myself I maybe couldn't before, if that makes sense. Um, but then the other thing, what you said towards the end of, of the, the question, you know, it's like, 
that is a big thing about all this is like, you know, not taking it for granted, you know? Um, and like, I'm fortunate, like, you know, two of my band members started that band with me in 2010 and, and we played to nobody for such a long time that like, sometimes we'll have a bum show and then we can always like ground each other and just be like, remember when it was like, you know, like if we pulled, <laughs> it's so funny. If we pulled a hundred people to a show now, it'd be like mortifying, right? <laughs> you know, but then I look back Man, and I'm yeah. like, you know, a hundred people at bloody um, the green rooms when we were kids. Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. that was like the best night of my life. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm trying to take all that in and traveling around the world and stuff is awesome. And just trying to make sure I see it all as well. So it is, there's definitely like a, uh, I guess, um, a compromise, right? Where you don't want to, I don't want to take my foot off the pedal too much, but I also don't want to put it all the way down either. You know, what are some of those things you've learned about yourself in that time? Um, oh man, where do we begin? <laughs> <laughs> Therapy, no, I think you know, I, I think I'm I am an introverted person, I think, really, and I, and I find it ironic now that like the band is so out loud because it's like you know, I'm, a, I'm awkward, I'm an uncomfortable person, so like I've not embraced being awkward. I have no, I have embraced being awkward <laughs> and like not felt guilty for it almost, you know, I for a while, I guess, I would have thought like, ah, uh, you know. I'm a stupid, uncomfortable guy and I need to fix that or whatever. But now I realize like, no, I'm just doing something that's actually really stupid and extroverted a lot of the time. And being awkward is kind of normal, you know, and like just stuff like finding hobbies and loving them, you know what I mean? And just trying to just tap in almost like, you know, to your real primal self and and strip away any sort of uh, expectations when, when my front door is closed. Like I can just be whoever I want to be, if that makes sense, you know. Talking about really pressure between stuff as well. I always feel, you know, for ages, certain bands can be labeled as, oh, they're the next big thing. You know, they've got so much momentum. I can't wait to see what happens. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is your chance, kid. Like, you've reached the stage where you're, you're not, like, the start, like, the upcomers anymore. You're in the, you're in yeah. the eye. Was there much pressure with this on that record, with that on this record or anything? Or is it just kind of being away from your head with that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm way too, like, in touch with it all like it is like sometimes a bit negative almost for how aware of everything i am because you're right you know it's like you know the new the best newcomers or whatever you know we got nominated <laughs> best newcomer twice in two years and then it was like well we're not really a newcomer anymore like do you know what i mean but like my favorite thing i will say is like i love how often people call us like underrated you know what i mean okay. because i'm like that's that's cool i don't mind yeah. not being the most successful band in the world i just want people to think that i should be more successful that's great <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, I, and a big thing, and, and, you know, obviously I grew up watching Sean in the Blackout and like, you know, watching so many bands of that era. And like, I feel like me and you could probably do a seminar on it, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, like literally. the 2000s, 2010 yeah. UK music scene. And, and you know, I, I look at all the ups and the downs and I'm humble to the fact that there'll be a down. I don't know when it'll come. Um, but I'm also hopeful that there's another up somewhere and just trying to find that midpoint where you're grateful for the victories and you're aware of the losses before they even happen almost, you know? And that is a big thing for me. I, I think like, you know, right, what do we do on this album to get us up again, you know? And I think the goal really for us is to reach a point where we can't drop back down, if that makes sense. Like, it's, ne it's never about being, you know, the next bring me or whatever, as much as I'd love to be. But more than anything, I just think like, trying to think of a good example of a band, but like, 
you know, like think for example, like while she sleeps, you know what I mean? It's like they're about to do Ali Pali, I think maybe for the first time. So it's like the biggest they've ever been, but like they're in a really healthy place where they've been like consistently, you know, consistent, I guess, right? And and for me, it's like that's the goal. I I really, you know, you know, the expression is better to what is it? It's better to fade out than to what is it? It's better to burn out than to fade away. And like, I don't know if I agree with that because like I don't want to blow up blow, go in a, in a blaze of glory like I, i'd rather just know for the next 10 years i can still make music you know and i think for us now it's about finding the ways to constantly make music that people care about in a in a world that's constantly changing you know what i mean it's like you know like just being music fans you know like i, I find it funny when you listen back like deftones everybody loves deftones now Back in the day, they were in the, the Limp Bizkit scene, you know, and mm. you'd never put those two bands together now. Mm. But at the time, because new metal was like flavor of the month, they kind of conformed to that and then they stopped or whatever. And I don't know, you'll listen to some bands and be like, in 10 years time, you'll be like, oh, I remember when that band had a trap beat because it was like, they had to because everyone did. And like, for me, it's like about listening to everyone around you but also trying to keep in touch with yourself and just find the marriage of those two things, I guess. You yeah. know? Well, that's what I found when when the blackout was about, um, I tried my best not to listen to anybody else around me, really, because I didn't want to be like, oh, well, you've obviously taken that from You, Me, at Six, or yeah, Britney, for sure. or fucking Architects, or you yeah. know, Young Guns, like any of those bands. Um, so, yeah, I, tr- I kind of tried to step away from it, I guess, or just put blink well not blink is it I, you plugs I suppose yeah. <laughs> I was going to say blink us for years eh? and I was like that's you Wait, plugs that's the thing fuck <laughs> <laughs> you just got a million pound idea <laughs> fuck this podcast <laughs> blink us for years you plug Sean fuck <laughs> damn but um, so I was going with that then because I've you plugged myself <laughs> but I, I think there's no wrong way of doing it either though. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely not, yeah. not I mean look at for example like look at Loathe man you know what I mean like they have their just their heads down and they're just doing whatever they want and like they're the ones setting trends you know and then for us it's not we're not like chasing trends you know what I mean I'm not saying that in any way and, and I kind of like that nobody really understands what genre our band is do you know what I mean because we, we just take lots of sprinkles from lots of different places you know but yeah, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I think we're very much of the other thing where it's just like being constantly aware of the scene, of our peers, and of what our fans have to say. You know what I mean? So mm. Yeah, but it's hard to not get caught up in all of it, really, because it's, uh, the other side of it, like a sense of community, you want to know what is going on with the rest of the scene and kind of being able to tour with those bands and stuff, but then not trying to do the same thing sure, they do. Sure, yeah. and, like, yeah. and I think the other cool thing as well is like, I always just remember that I'm a fan of music, you know? And right now it's like, you know, the three coolest bands on earth are like Sleep Token, Spirit Box and Bad Omens. Thank and you. it's oh. like, you know. <laughs> 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 perfect. That was perfectly timed. Hey, listen, if you've listened to this and you don't laugh at that part, you are dead inside because that was perfect timing. As he said, Bad Omens, I said, thank you. Anyway, sorry about it. Carry on. Um, but yeah, so, but basically it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just, man, that's cool. Like I've just watched three bands that are like, I don't want to say we were bigger than any of them at any point or whatever, but like, you know, we've, we've been peers with those bands and could have easily toured with them at any given moment. And now they're like, they're apps, they're going to be legacy bands for the next 10 years. And like, for me, it's not even about like watching that and trying to rip it off. It's just like watching it and being like, look how cool that is, man. You know what I mean? And I think, I don't know. I think. It's easy to forget you're a fan of music when you make it a lot of the time. 
100%. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like music, right? I thought it was just a job, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While reflecting on all these things as well, like, do you recall maybe the first time or like a big moment during these last like four or five years where you thought like, oh shit, like this is really taken off now. Like we're a proper band. It's not just us trying to, to make it. We're kind of doing stuff I never thought we'd be able to, uh, to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a big, a, since the last album, so since the last time we had a proper chat, a big change was the international touring thing. You know, that was just like really like humbling and really cool is like, you know, we're not like, we're not really like a British, but I think, I, to be honest, I think we did a mini interview <laughs> at Slam Dunk, I think, just after we'd done a tour. And I kind of said something similar to this, but it's still, it's still like very present in our band's life is that like, you know, we have fans everywhere really. And, and, and like, I don't think we, we saw that for a long time. And, it, and it's sometimes it's almost, it's almost like easy to lose perspective when you're just looking at the same thing over and over again. So like, you know, like two two weeks time, we're going for our fourth America tour in twenty four months. That's wow. fucking Classy, insane, yeah. man. You know, and like, I, I, it's even stupid things like. I got some cousins from America who came over to a wedding I went to recently, and I was talking to them for like hours about like America from my perspective and like what I know of the world, and it's like it's not even a band thing. Then that's like a worldly thing for me. Is like I. I know things about places in the world now because I've seen them with my own eyes and stuff, you know? So, but I think anyway, whatever, but I guess, yeah, to that point, you know, it's like knowing now is like, I, I view it like a bar graph where it's like, say the band is a six in the UK and it's a two in America and it's a three in Australia or whatever. Like, I, I love the fact that it's not just one bar anymore. You know what I mean? We yeah. can focus on different territories and almost try and grow this band. And, and if we feel like we're hitting a ceiling in the UK, Maybe let's try focusing Australia a little bit more and, and whatever, you know? So it's like opportunity has almost opened up to us, which is cool. No, I love that you see it like that and you can decipher the market and stuff. I literally had a conversation with James Arthur once, right? He was going through some shit with some newspapers at the time, right? Standard. I remember, yeah, I was sitting down with him because my friend Philly was his, like his security guard. And we were sat there talking and I was like, Bro, you are massive in Germany, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I think he'd gone to number one in... It was either Germany or Spain or something like that, right? He was number one by thousands as well. Bro, you're massive there. Over here, you don't even have to... Like, it's yeah. lovely. It's lovely to be number one in the UK charts, but you could live anonymously over here and yeah, go to Germany. Spain and be <laughs> yeah. the king. <laughs> so, yeah, don't... And he was like, oh, I, ne I never looked at it like a Geordie accent, like... Um, <laughs> why iPad? I never looked at it like that, man. Yeah, so but yeah, yeah, you're right. Though it's, yeah. it's almost like living different lives in a in a weird mm, way yeah. because you know, um, you know, bands will come to the UK and be like, "Oh my god, we love the UK." You know, it's it's like funny how perceptive the UK scene is. I, I think it's I've always viewed it as a as a weakness because America is just so big. Like the like if you did an A market tour of America, it'd take you six weeks. And then if you did a B market tour of America straight after, it'd take you another six weeks. And then technically it's been three months since you did a, a market tour. So you could just do another one. Like you can absolutely circle that country. And like for a long time, I've thought like, you know, of course, American bands are like more poised for success because it's like, that's such a good opportunity to have. But like, um, I will say like, I think being from the UK is so cool as, as a musician because it's such a passionate scene. And, and I think, 
it's not big enough to tour round and round and round, you know. But at the same time, it's kind of like you get like a real crash course on like passion over here. And and I think you can really tell it when bands come from abroad. It's almost like like even like my camp, Paramore, you know, they love the UK because we're such a passionate place. So so it is really cool to be from here. And I, I'm kind of grateful we've got the opposite almost from America, where it's like now we've unlocked America. That's cool. But we started with a really passionate kind of foundation, I guess. So Well, touching on that, I was gonna bring it up at some point and you've talked about it a little bit like you and i grew up on the same kind of influence of that like wales and uk mm. alternative scene and and all the magic that that happened uh, around then like now it's quite interesting and i've talked about this a bit where you know we're seeing all those bands that we mourned the death of yeah, yeah, come yeah. back yeah, like, sorry, you know. <laughs> we mourned you bro. <laughs> we cried over you right there to do it again nobody more so than me <laughs> <laughs> but like it must be interesting from both a fan and an artist's point of view to see like those original influences come in full circle that normally you're like, oh, cool, I can go and celebrate that again and people understand that again. But you're getting the chance to maybe interact and, and do stuff with them as the band. Like, you know, you've talked yeah, with you for a friend. I've seen you and Alid go back and forth about, you know, if maybe holding absence and glass houses could ever do anything. You've talked, we've talked, you know, you've talked to Sean so many yeah, times yeah, about yeah. things. Like, how does that feel for you, being able to see a resurgence for nostalgia, but also people really excited about a new crop of seeing a new crop of music? It is cool. That, for me, is probably the most surreal thing is, like I said, you know, that UK Kerrang! scene was like golden god shit for me growing up. And it's like being being on the cover of Kerrang! It's like, oh my Mm. god, man, you know? Mm. And like, or like, you know, even just like playing, now we're reaching the venue size of bands I, I absolutely grew up loving and stuff. So it's like, that is is super surreal for me. And it's really cool. It's, it's super cool. Um, but then at the same time, yeah, it is like fun as a fan. Like I watched kids in Glasshouse's last show, like in the, in Cardiff. And then I watched the first show back and it was like, that's so cool. Like I, I'm great, <laughs> grateful to be there for that. Um, but then I think the other thing for me, and this is just the way my brain works, is like I'm always trying to learn from those around me. And I think, you know, if the day comes where like Holden Absence kind of hits a little but moment where we're like do we don't we i don't like and you you probably have perspective on this like don't but um but more than anything is like you don't have to shut the door like do you get what i mean like just to reopen it again you could just leave it ajar you know what i mean and i think like i i mean i, I don't know and it depends how long it takes you could argue for example if we look at like young guns i don't think they've officially stopped or if they are stopping or whatever you know but they've kind of disappeared a little bit and like it'd be interesting to see if in a f- five years time maybe like they come back and do a huge tour that could be awesome or maybe they had to have properly split up to get that comeback thing mm. I, I don't know it's it's really interesting well they had it, a big know? yeah they had a big reunion at trees didn't they yes yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 and yeah that was fantastic for them and then they did the tour last year that ended november last year i think and they haven't posted anything on yeah, social media yeah, since. Any, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they might have some new music or something. And I so, hope they do, because yeah. I, I love that band. Sorry, that was a random example. But oh, no, more yeah. than anything, it's like, you know, yeah. I guess, you know, with you guys and kids and stuff being like farewell tour, that's like a full stop. And like, I think it's cool to know that it isn't a full stop. It's like, you know, even if, like I said, you know, even if Holden Absence did split up or whatever, I want to stop, you know, we, we come back 10 years time and, and hopefully people would still care. And, and I think that's actually like been quite inspiring to me is to know that this isn't just like a flash in the pan. It's like, 
where you know part of people's lives for a long time you know well, that, yeah that's exactly what we found out like with this all thing because like i guess some bands come back for some sort of cash grab i guess but we are literally doing it just because we fancy to laugh again oh man yeah and it's that's all it's been since but to see how much it's affected other people outside because we were just like oh let's get back together we'll play download or whatever and then we got off the mirth the show and we we're like oh let's play our home town literally boys in the band didn't think we'd sell out the red house right <laughs> i think i listened to a podcast with you about it yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. everyone was like oh fucker. fucking where's the ticket time boys yeah. it's like oh they're all gone actually that's why there's none left oh, yeah, i can't get any tickets yes we're sold out means reese <laughs> <laughs> maniac like but yeah 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 so we were just like oh you know let's just do it have a laugh if anybody else wants to come and have a laugh cool and then yeah like People from Australia fly over wow, for Merthyr and download. And um, I was talking to somebody, one of our patrons, about um, a tattoo. Uh, I've got Wasn't It, Was It now on the back of my calf because the last tour was called. Um, I, my, this I is always it. thought that was the funniest <laughs> this is it, this ever is it. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> so well. You've got to be Welsh this to this get it. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, a lot it. of English people like, what, I don't get what is that yeah. supposed to say? Yeah. 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 This is it, is it? Wasn't it, was it? Tidy. And yeah, I was talking to her about it. Um, and I was saying about the tattoo, and she was like, "Oh yeah." Um, she was like, "You, I don't think you realize how much that means to me as well." Mm. I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "I literally in 2015 you ended the band, and I was like, cool. Well, that's the last time I'd ever come to the UK. I've got nothing to, you know." Exactly. Be it. mm. It's not even just your band; it's what you symbolize. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so she was like, "Well, wasn't it? Was it?" Is Perfect because yeah, because it wasn't. I, I thought it was coming for me yeah, as well. Yeah, I thought yeah. traveling to the UK and seeing these friends and coming to see this band again was over. Oh, wasn't it? Was it? And yeah, it's just it's mad to think because we ne- we genuinely didn't think that we were going to affect anybody or anybody would care that much. And you know, we'd probably do a club a couple of times and then knock it on the head. But yeah, the outpouring of love and how much it means to other people and that that download set we did just see. Oh, I was so sad I couldn't be there. The man. amount of people. Front to back, dance because you know you get front row are into it. Mosh bits cool, then you get poison pints, and then it's just <laughs> Misc- who, yeah, <laughs> sitting down on yeah, the grass. Yeah, people yeah. who came with their partner who's in the pit, hanging about the outside. But from all the videos I saw, everybody seemed to be in it, into it, and singing, and and it was just it was just fucking mental. And I think that was the most mind blowing thing about it. Just yeah, it's. They, yeah, the audience was still there, but mm. we were like, yeah. Oh, and it's so mad. when you're so wrapped up in it, it's like with me, man. Like I'm, I've been thinking about album four for about six months now. You know oh. what I mean? And it's like, yeah. it's like album three isn't even out yet, but <laughs> you, you just get so, so like hyper focused on everything. And like I always think, like just zoom out of everything. You know, whether it's whether it's writing a song or whatever, but like you know, just it's easy to forget the influence you're having and, and the journey you're on when you're worrying about whatever's next. It's like constantly, what's next, what's next? And like, it's so important to smell the roses and it's, it's but it's, like I said, it's inspiring to me to know that even if this, you know, whatever, whatever, if this album flops, I don't know, whatever, maybe we split up next week, I don't know. And then maybe, <laughs> though, it's it like, comes up next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking day one, like, but you know, it's like, Man, you know, maybe we can come back in five years and have one uh, incredible fucking show that I'll remember yeah. for the rest of my life. And, you know, and, and, and it's stuff like that that I think by that point, then it's like, oh my God, I can't wait for that night. Whereas now I'm having that night every night for three months and I almost desensitized to it. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it is a really, a really head fucky kind of situation. 
But it's nice that you can you realize that there's different opportunities and different avenues with all this happening and stuff. But let's dive into uh, this new record a little bit because uh, there's so many people seem excited. Um, and with the singles, I've noticed people picking out just little things and nuances and stuff. And a lot of people have been mentioning the difference of some of your vocal ranges at mm. times and the way you use your voice. Is that something that you have learned over the years of like, oh, I'm better doing some certain things this way or did you want to try new things on this record? I mean... Yeah, it's... Oh, my God. Speaking of vocals... <laughs> whoa, speaking of vocals... <laughs> that's a new note I'm trying to... I'm working on. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, man. It's... Uh, I think for me, you know, it, basically a big part of this album is the, the trilogy concept, you know, and I don't know if... Uh, I could talk about that for ages, but it's like, you know, basically we had this idea that like... I think... We changed quite a bit from the first album to the second album, whether that, that was because the band changed, you know, but also the, fa the facilities around us changed and stuff. So it was very natural. And then with this album, it was like, do we change? You know what I mean? Like, how much do we change? Et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then we kind of realized, like, we really love what we do. We, 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 it's so natural to us to make the music we make, if that makes sense. So a big part of this trilogy thing was almost like kind of capping... We, we like to call it like the, the end of the beginning of the band, you know what I mean? So it's like the first big chapter of, of this band is closing with this album. And then we can't wait for album four. Whatever, whatever that is, is going to be, is, is really exciting to us because like we feel like now we're at liberty to evolve a little bit more, perhaps, you know? Whereas with this album, it was almost about taking what we've done and just doing it better than ever before. And I guess to, to your original point, you know, for me, what I wanted to do was just think about what, I'd never done before, really, you know what I mean? And, and it's not, it's funny because it's not exactly like, you know, I do, I do do the same thing a lot, you know what I mean? It's like I, I sing how I sing, you know, so there's a lot of horrifyingly high choruses and stuff. But like, you know, yeah, I, I, I have tried to like branch into different things and, and almost to like own my lower like range a little bit because I think when you grow up playing in the green rooms and, and the PA is like no louder than the, the cymbals. Like you've got, you've got to be as loud as you can because yeah. nobody can hear you, right? That's literally what Alex Turner said. Why the difference is between the first Static Monkeys record and the second one yeah. is because people can hear a, him then. They had a practice room with a shit PA in that he had to just shout over all the time. Wow, so that's why yeah. the first album is yeah. a bit more. Ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's sick because it's like that is really the same, is really entrenched in, you know, coming from like a bit more of like a kind of. DIY kind of dodgy PA like la like loud kind of uh, scene I guess you know but it's like yeah now I'm trying to come to grips with the fact that like I can actually like sing in a lower range and almost trying to find ways of making that better if, if that makes sense but you know I'm always trying to grow as, as a songwriter so I'm excited to see what happens next after this as well, you know. Rapping, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Hip hop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On that, uh, got that Limp Bizkit collab. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you message him before you <laughs> get straight back to you. <laughs> you have to be on your own album since fourth record. <laughs> Fuck off, Fred. I'll say, Fred, send me a UFO <laughs> if you want. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. I bet if you asked him, he would. Oh, I did. Please do. <laughs> Lucas, listen now, right? No, no, no. You can go on. Be the biggest rock star Wales has ever seen, please. Right, please. I want you to. If you get Fred Durst on an album before we get him on this podcast, 
It's over. I'm go- yeah, I, I, I'll murder myself. That's it. I'm oh, wow. it now. It's a big one. It's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. So don't do it. I'm exclusive. I think it's probably nice of me to not then. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Cut for three months from now, and Ryan's like, oh, I've heard about the guest done. Please, please. Yeah. They haven't, yeah, they weren't going to have any guests on the album. And then Lucas but, uh, said he's got he one, one female on specifically. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, am I right in saying you record this in Canada? Canada yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was another big thing for us as well as like, you know, back to the zooming out concept. Like, you know, basically being completely transparent, you know, we signed a three album deal with Sharptone. This is the third one. And like, I hope that we can sign a label again after this. I don't know, whatever. I'm sure we will. But like, the point is, is like, just remember 16-year-old Lucas and how hyped he was to make music. This is the last promise of an album for you. So Mm. just like, let's try and remember this. Let's make something special, you know? Um, So that was the idea, basically. It was just like being completely transactional about it. You know, this is the last guaranteed album I'll, I'll write, you know? And like, it wouldn't it be cool to do it abroad, basically? So, you know, um, we did it in Canada because it was like, uh, what was it? It was like, if we did it in America, there'd be more, cost more on like taxes, I think. <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah. we were like, Canada's a good shout. And also, um, it's a studio where like Alexis have recorded and mm. like Cancer Bats and like lots of bands in our scene that yeah. I love, you know, recorded there. Um, but also it was, it was kind of like in indigenous land as well. So it was like kind of out of the way as well. So it was sick, and we basically stayed there after the Silver Scene tour. We like finished in Toronto, went straight there. So hmm. that's weird. Like you mentioned there about having a three album deal. I think a lot of fans don't realize that these things exist. Like mm. I always remember back in the day, Bullet signing like a five album deal. Yeah, yeah. That's like, Whoa, what that stage is <laughs> like? Yeah. But it's not really in the grand scheme of things. And as you said there, you don't you don't have a guarantee of mm-hmm. what's next. Like you know, the band's going well. I'm sure you'll have offers and Sharpton will probably want to keep you on and all that. But it must be weird that uh, uh, during that process to go, well, if this is for any reason of the last time we get to do it, you want to do it right and you want different experiences. You want to be able to look back on it as a thing of like, oh yeah, we gave this our all. Yeah, really. yeah, for sure. And like, you know, and like I said, you know, it's not, I don't think it's normal to think like that really because it's like, I'm sure we will sign to another label. I'm sure we will do a fourth album. But I just... I always try and keep in touch with my younger self and just be like, just, you know, what if? <laughs> just take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I yeah. suppose, really. So it's, pro- it's 
better way to look at it, I suppose, mm. to be like, well, could go, you know? Yeah, yeah. Always just kind of watching your back about it. But, you know, but anyway, I, that's more than anything. It was just kind of like, should we? And we did, and it, and it was sick. But um, I will say, though, is like, you know, I missed Tesco. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Recording an album in, in Indigenous Canada is a little bit isolated. <laughs> yeah, no fucking Tesco out there. <laughs> but when did you, um, yeah, when did you do the writing for all of this? So, yeah, title? good question because, like, we've been so just mm. freakishly busy. It was like, it was, it was a, a lot. I, I actually think, you know, we were insanely proactive and that's why the album came out at, like, a normal time, really, because, like, if if we were a bit more relaxed about it, like I really don't think it would, yeah, it would wouldn't be out this year probably. But basically, we did. I'm trying to think uh, the timeline. I think we went to. I think we went to America for the first time. It was it was kind of like last year. Basically, was like the writing process. But we wrote some stuff very casually. Uh, we tried not to write any of the album in the pandemic because like one one song is from a demo I did in the pandemic. But um, the rest of it was like. We didn't want the headspace to be like COVID. Like yeah. I, I know, I know, mates who put out albums yeah. and they're like, oh, I, don't, I don't really like it because it reminds me of like a really hard time in my life, basically. So, so we avoided doing that. So it was all post-pandemic, um, but the main chunk of it was done. Basically, we did like April and May. We did America, and then we came home, and then I think we had three months off again, and then um, basically we just knuckled down we did like five day weeks in the office and just like proper like just trying to make it like no i don't want to say like a job you know but if, if we're like if we're like militant about a, a timeline and our own schedule like that's definitely going to be the best and also like you know creativity doesn't just happen it can happen that's the goal is it, it there's always a chance you'll make something great but there's a chance you won't so you kind of got to hedge your bets by having as many chances as possible if that makes sense so i think we did about two months of like five day weeks in the office just cracking on with stuff and then we went away for a few like songwriting retreats in like little like there's a place um i think it's called like giant wafer or something you might have heard of it it's giant really cool wafer. it's um i know it sounds banging but is it called giant wafer it might be a joke that we, or is it big wafer i think it's big, i think it's big <laughs> wafer one. but yeah yeah we just thought giant sounded funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but, uh, but yeah, it's a place in like super rural Wales, basically. And they've got like a studio room and like a drum room and like a load of bedrooms. And basically we were just like, let's just go over there and just see if, you know, if, if any other kind of juice can be found in a different headspace, perhaps, you know. Um, and then I guess the final touches were put like... How, how long were you there? We were only there for a week. All right. But in all honesty, we wrote... Uh, we wrote two of my favorite songs on the album in that week. So, you know, it's like, but I think, you know, I'd encourage anyone to like change up their headspace when they create music. It's like a lot of people now will just write and record in their bedrooms, which is great. But it's like, I just think the energy of a different place can really like open things that are like different things inside you, I guess, you know. Um, but I guess the final part of it then for the, the writing process was like, where I always thought of us as like a bit more of a slow cooking kind of band, you know, so we'll have an idea and, and lyrically, conceptually, like it does take time. And like, I have this thing where it's like, um, it's kind of like the opposite of, of recency bias. So recency bias is when you get a new dog and you're like, oh, God, I love my new dog. You know, it's like, this is my, the new <laughs> thing and I'm biased to it. But for me, I've got like the opposite where it's like, if something is like old and it's stuck with me, that's that's great because it's like the chances are it'll stick with people over time then 
Um, so I kind of do this thing where like a song hasn't like really solidifies itself in my head until it's like been like labored over mentally for like two months or whatever. So luckily we did that Silver Scene Amity tour and basically for the whole of that month then I kind of finished the lyrics and the concepts and just moving around the, the album, I guess. Um, and then, like I said, we went straight from that tour to, um, the, the studio. Yeah. 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 So it was like pretty much like six solid months of like that album basically. Wow. But, um, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have got done if we didn't do it. Who right? produced one? Was this Dan again? Yeah, it was Dan again. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, for us, it was just a case of like, we loved what he did with the last album and, you know, like like we said, this album wasn't supposed to be like scary. It was supposed to be like the best of what people know and love about our band. And like, there was no question about Dan really because he was just he is just so emblematic of what we love about our band. I guess sonically, mm. you know. So. Oh, does that mean it's going to change with four though? Ooh, I don't oh, know. Oh, you know, big questions. Oh. But uh, but we love that even if it's just writing with Dan or whatever. Like yeah. he's yeah. such a big part. Where's my new one? you practice, my dear. John, I'm going to get Fred Durst on the phone to Lucas. Carry on. Uh, but uh, but you know that stuff. I mean that stuff. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you're kind of baiting with <laughs> But like you know, it, it, more than anything though, it's like Dan is like a really big part of our family, and like we write with him as mu- we wrote with him before we produce a record with him. So whether we continue to produce with him or continue to write with him, you know, I, I know he'll always be a part of our band. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's nice as well to have that external factor come in every now and again, so you can. Get out of your own head in a space in yeah. a lot of ways. And it's not even like your head, it's like everyone else's head, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. it's like a big part of being in a band is that it is a group dynamic. So it's like if everyone's doing your head in, you know, it's like, let's get some a sensible <laughs> adult man in to tell us that this song sucks or everyone's stupid and, and then, you know, kind of neutralize things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We did that, but then we, we went, let's get a sensible adult man. <laughs> oh, oh. No, we can't. All right. Only Jason Petty's available. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll have that one in. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. It's just having that outside voice and like a also familiar, uh, familiarity. Is, I can't even fucking say it. Um, but yeah, to have that as well, to be like, well, yeah, we've worked with him. He knows what we like. He knows what makes us tick. He knows how to get the best out of me. Yeah. Was there any techniques you did differently in the recording of this one? Uh, one thing we did try and do actually was like, um, I mean, I take it as a compliment, but a lot of people tell us we're better live than we are on record. And I kind of don't know why. And I, I do get it because we're kind of heavier live, I think. We're just way more intense, you know. But, um, you know, we just did that Silver Scene tour. And, like, a lot of people said that. And I remember thinking, like, right, we need to go in and, like, really try <laughs> Energy, and be yeah. better yeah. in the studio than live or whatever, you know. So we did try and um, do some stuff, like, a bit more live, I guess, like, even even just like moments like the beginning of the album is like me, Ash and Scott kind of playing like this kind of like intro piece. Um, and that's all one take. And like just at the beginning, like it sounds stupid, but like if you really listen closely, you can hear footsteps and like you can hear me like rub my hands together. Like, and, and it's obviously that wasn't intentional. That wasn't some sort of like anime <laughs> intro or whatever where I'm just like <laughs> steps, rub the hands, <laughs> yeah. sing the song, you know. But it was, it was just like trying to capture the real energy in the room and honeymoon which is one of the songs that we've put out you know it's like the acoustic energy of that feeling real and me and scott singing in the room together at the end and uh death nonetheless i pretty much i kind of did like three takes of the song but in full and then we just chopped amongst that you know so it's trying to find like ways of making the album feel live almost so um and then i guess the other thing that we did was we actually like 
sounds stupid, but we actually like jammed the songs before we recorded them, which is not a thing anymore because everything's done on a laptop yeah, and then yeah, recorded straight into it. So we, we kind of like had the demos and then before we started, we were like, right, let's jam them as a band, make sure they feel right as a band and then record them. But like, you know, that's not a thing as much anymore. No, <laughs> so, no it's not. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you used to go to practice all, right? They got fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. And the drummer started playing a beat and then someone started playing a riff and you're like, Oh, so bad. <laughs> got anything else on the same key? Well, I got this chorus. Yeah. And you're like, oh, cool. That's how we write. And now it's fucking meticulous here you go, logic in. project. Yeah. One of the bands completely finished this song in four seconds <laughs> on a fucking mask. On and Gary's the drummer's band. like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. like, I've only got two legs. <laughs> Listen to those drums. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the problem. Especially like Bob. Bob writes a lot of stuff for like Raiders. Mm. And you come up and you give these demos to Sticks. And Sticks like, bro. I need another fucking four arms. <laughs> what are you on about? That is meant like guitarist. Like, oh, but it fits. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you can't physically play it. I that's mental. <laughs> mad. Uh, speaking of um, that energy as well, I think that is one of the things people love about your live show is that it seems to be like such a connection between the audience and the songs and people really singing it back to you and it feeling like, uh, like this whole outer world experience. Well, I've noticed a lot of people talking about how emotionally they get when you play the song Wilt. Mm. Because that it seems to me like if it's a song for your fans, but like the ones who really get know to know you. Yeah, yeah. really yeah. get to know you. And I've mentioned like this kind of concept to, to other guests we've had before about, you know, it's a song that wasn't released as a single or anything, but if you know, you know. And yeah. this, this, do, do you feel like Wilt is that song for the fans who have been around since the early days. For sure. Yeah, I think it's kind of a paradox for us, really, because I think some of our best songs are the seven-minute-long, like, album closers. And, like, you know, we had a song called Penance back when we first died, and that was, like, everyone's favorite for a long time. And then, obviously, Wilt is everyone's favorite at the moment. And, like, and, and I think it's weird, because, like, there's a world where we are a band that writes six-minute songs for a whole album, <laughs> and we're almost, like, this confusing, like, progressive alt-rock band together, or whatever, but it's, like, it, it is interesting, because, yeah, that song is just so epic, I guess, that, like, it, people gravitate towards it, and, like, like, you're right, it's, like, it's the album closer, and it wasn't a single, so, like, if you know it, then you've made the effort to know it, right? And, and I think that's really cool, so we've played that song, like, Oh man, like probably like 300 times yeah. now, which is crazy for a song that wasn't an, an album, wasn't a single. But, um, you know, I, I will say you might get the scoopier, but like the, the, the new album, The Closer, is a song called The Angel in the Marble. And I think personally, I think it's the most emotional song we've ever written. I think it's so, I'm so, I'm just still really impressed with how we pulled that song off. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm like really kind of like swallowed by that now. So it's like, we didn't, we had a song called Morning Song, which was the other seven minute closer, the last album we did. And we didn't actually ever play that. So for, for me now, I think we're going to play The Angel and the Marble for the next few tours to see how people enjoy it. Because, you know, I think, yeah, you're right. Like that is such an emotional song. And it's like, it's only emotional because it's almost like a little bit of a secret almost. Um, and I think, you know, I'm intrigued to see how people enjoy The Angel in the Marble. And Wilt will always be one of my favorite songs we've ever written. Though. I just think it's just got such a magic to it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird how as the band grows and even though you're focusing on new music and you're excited to see what new pe people are going to say about the new stuff, 
there's always like that one song that grows in its own weird like paradoxy way and you're mm. like w- w- how are you finding this now <laughs> for sure man and like ironically you know it's like stuff like that these days happens because of tiktok you know yeah, but it's yeah. like it's not you know we haven't had like a tiktok trend for will or whatever it's more just like it's word of mouth and it's, it's just a, a an emotional song you know but um yeah you're right though I, I i always i think a big part of our band and like i've said it a bit already you know but it, we're always listening to what's around us and if the fans love that song forever, like we'll play it forever, you know, I never want to be the band who is like too cool to listen to the people who come and watch us. Right. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So, Oh, that drives me mental. Who was I? I? I saw Mars Volta once the red in, right. And they played for an hour. They didn't stop. I mean, literally did not stop. And they played about 30 seconds of one song that people knew while they just jammed for an hour. And I was like, I get it, boys. You're artists. Yeah. But also, Come on, man! Play the song. I uh, I went to see the Pixies. They're one of my favorite bands, and they've got some dreadful albums. <laughs> um, and, um, but they opened the set with "Where Is My Mind," which is like their hit song, and like it was kind of their way of being like, right, well, if you want it, then you've got it. Here it. you go. Yeah. But I, I love the thought of someone like turning up late and missing that oh. song, and then watching the whole terrible set. <laughs> yeah. We we played in the Melkweg once in a small. Oh, room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I love that. Place. We played. The- Played the Melk Greg in Amsterdam in a small room, and because Plain White Tees were playing the big room, right? We went in to watch their set after hours. They played Hey There Delilah, one before last. Everybody Oof. left. Oh, no. I mean, way. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got to have been 75% of the room left after Hey, Deli- hey uh, There Delilah, and they came back out and played another song. And I was like, oh, oh I didn't want to be in here anymore. <laughs> yeah. But you're only playing yourself with that kind of yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know. You'll never be smarter than the people who lift your band up, basically. So, like, just try and listen to them is is so important, you know. With all that, and I think we've talked so much about the um, the parallels between the early you and and today. I mean, is there anything that's just surprised you around this journey, whether it be kind of like songwriting or playing gigs or festivals, anything like that, where you've just kind of been like taking it a, a little bit more and just couldn't believe like these experiences are, are going ahead. I think it's just the fact that we're still doing it really is, is like a shock to me because it's like, you know, uh, people keep being supportive. Like, do you get what I mean? It's like, yeah, when is that going to stop? You keep, you keep making good music or? <laughs> no, but that, no, but that's what it is. Thank like, you. you yeah. know, this, is, this is it. You're too humble to... <laughs> I genuinely don't think I genuinely think you are so humble that you don't realize and I've told you this before like you're the Ari Styles of rock to me <laughs> but um, <laughs> as much as it is the supporters of your band it's also you boys write fantastic incredible music that deserves all the success it's had so far and I'm I'm almost convinced this album will make you bigger than ever before and, I hope uh, so well, the singles I've heard so Thank far because we again yeah. we haven't heard you all I'm glad now I'm yeah. glad we haven't heard it because you said about the angel um, in, in Marvel and yeah, if I'd heard that, I would have been like, yeah, I know what you mean, bro. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, song, man, that song's no great, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I get to genuinely enjoy you when I come out, so I can't wait. Thank you. Man. Um, but yeah. But, so. I mean, well, that's the thing. I, you know, I guess to be unhumble, then it's like, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm impressed that, you know, I, I do think, I, I, I think this is our best album. I, I, I think. Like, uh, when I zoom out and I'm critical, I think this is our best album. It's like, we started this process and we said, we want this to be like, like you know, let's, we're not doing the prog album. Let's push it back. But like for this album, let's just make it 10 absolute bangers. And I, and I really think we've succeeded, you know, and it's like, but I think it's hard because good music isn't enough. You know what I mean? So it's like, it is a marriage of like, 
I'm proud that we're still churning it out at the level that we are, and I, or I think we are, and I'm grateful that people are still caring about it, you know what I mean? But it's, it's funny because, like, you know, there are some bands that stop writing good music, and then there are some bands who keep writing good music, but people stop caring, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, they're both as scary as each other, I guess, you know? So. I think I had to go both of those things. <laughs> Start the party, yeah. <laughs> Wolves was real good, but people had already stopped caring because stop the party. Yeah, yeah. Stop the party, everyone should stop the party. Yeah. should have fucking called it that. <laughs> Bastard, but yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, before we uh, wrap this up, um, oh, yeah, before we get strong armed <laughs> out of this room. Uh, yeah, I think they're actually ahead. So, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, as I said, like, there's been, there's been so much to celebrate with this band. It's been amazing to see this kind of growth and going from you pulling pints and fuel to <laughs> the main stage at Slam Dunk and people crying over your sets and everything like that, man. But what, um, what else are you really looking forward to coming up? I mean, you know, this new record, you got the tour. You know, you're going to be on the road pretty much everywhere, but is there any little nuances in between everything that you're kind of like looking forward to seeing a reaction or just for yourself selfishly? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's just tough because I think we're in such a nice place where like the same old is great. You know what I mean? Like it's funny and they're like, oh, you know, uh, doing another world tour or whatever. <laughs> it's oh, like, it's so cool, God. you know? So I really don't take that for granted. <laughs> it's I'm mine. really excited. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm to with the world. <laughs> yeah, oh, Sydney Opros again. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, so, y- you know, I, I really, I'm just excited for whatever the hell happens next. I'm excited, you know, but I will say, you know, it's like, they, I feel like my, there are two songs on this album that kind of touch my soul a little bit closer and there's a song called Her Wings which is just like I keep telling people it's just like a Walmart My Chem song but I think <laughs> it's so good man um, and The Angel in the Marble which I think is the most personal song and the, kind of the, the most emotionally intelligent song I've ever written so for me creatively I can't wait for people to hear those songs and to see what people have to say about that but you know it's like I think ah oh man it's 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 exciting because like we are really looking forward to album four and we're not rushing away from album three by any means. I think album four will probably take the longest out of all of our, of our albums actually. So it's kind of the opposite where we, I think this album will be the front for quite a while. But the point I'm getting at is like, I feel like with this album now, I, I just think we've completed what holding absence is now. And I, I just think we can't do a better album than the one we've done, honestly. So there is this new liberty where it's like, I can't wait to see what we do next. You know what I mean? And, and that's the beauty of it, you know? And, and I just hope people enjoy this album for what it is and are, are willing to come on the next journey with us after that. And who knows, man, this, the sky's the limit. I guess the floor is also the limit. So we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I, I think more than anything, though, is just to conclude that point is like, I feel like excited as fuck about whatever the hell comes next. And, and I think that's a really nice place to be in, you know, so... 100%. excited to feel it as well. So, yes, thank you for taking your time. Thank you for coming here today. You're going to fucking smash here this next album. From what I've heard so far, is great. And I'm so excited for it now. You've you've got me pumped listening to it, so hopefully the <laughs> listeners are also pumped and we'll check it out. Yeah. Woo! 
Awesome. Well, thanks for having me again. Always, man. Guys, always. So. We'll do the next one. Well, we'll probably speak you before album four, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably see you in there. Uh, <laughs> Tell the world again for fuck's sake. Uh, Want me on again, boys? Uh, yes, please. Yes, please. Good, yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you very much. You're a fucking superstar. Cheers, Cheers man. Thank, thank you. you. Woo. You guys need to have uh, uh, the opposite of a sapping where at the end you go like, fuck off, sapping out or, or something like that, where everyone. Like, Yes, Ooh. that was the lovely, the intelligent, the too nice, no, Lucas Wonderland Woodland <laughs> of holding absence. Um, what a beautiful human! What a beautiful voice! What a great story! I love him. Yeah, I just like the fact that we get to go and meet up with some of these people and just chill out and have a chat with them in a private room like that and to see i said it in the interview but like in the podcast to see how far he has come like he, someone the same age range as me used to see him around all the time at these gigs I used to see him work part-time jobs to kind of fund the band when they first started and i would be touring the world and just it just be a thing it was like of course that's what he's doing uh it's amazing so fair play to lucas and all the band very very proud waving that welsh flag all around the world and of course, their new album, The Noble Art of Self-Destruction, is available now. Go and pick it up, uh, go and buy it. And they're going to be touring all across the UK and Europe for the month of November. So yes. head to their website uh, for all the dates and get yourself down to a show, get in the mosh pit, and then shout, Satman! In between songs. Yeah, do that. That will not annoy him. <laughs> um, I, know, I know from my own experience, that will not annoy him at all. <laughs> um, so please do that. No, but yes, as Morgan said... It's been fantastic to watch their growth. They are fucking incredible musicians. Um, the Noble Art of Self-Destruction is a fantastic, fantastic record. The end of the trilogy. And um, he was right. Angel in the Marble is a beauty. Mm. An absolute fucking beauty. So please, when you finish listening to it, the last second of this podcast, go and give, check out that album. It's fucking great. It is. It really, really is. Uh, just to say, if you've heard any um, weird background noises in the intros and outros of this episode, as Sean mentioned earlier, we're recording this in a car park in Swansea, yeah. uh, going throwback, really, because we used to do a couple of uh, uh, these parts of the podcast way back when in that. So if you know, round it off in 250, go back to our roots. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a roots, really. it's not... Um it's all laziness and lack no, of equipment. No, it's no, no, roots. No. Yeah, 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 punk man. rock. Yeah. yeah, definitely not because we're fucking stuck in swans, you know. Sweating like a uh, very sweaty man. I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you absolutely nailed that metaphor then. <laughs> I am sweating like a sweaty man. Also, I realise we're, we're recording this, the sun is right on the one side of my face, so I feel like oh, you, after but it, you're going to be fucking sunburned <laughs> on your one face, aren't you? On the one side. So if anyone sees me for the next week or two, uh, that's what's happened. I haven't tried. I haven't. My face hasn't gone into the floor. Yeah, And then just the sun's tried to give me a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> madness uh 250 though as i said i don't think anyone would have believed we would have got this far and we do really appreciate everyone just supporting us listening to this podcast subscribing wherever you do and uh, helping us just be a thing our patreon community and get out of the car but <laughs> it's too fucking warm in our car has <laughs> helped us so much and uh, continuing to make this happen so a special thank out a special special shout out thank you to them jesus Combining words. Can I say on a stroke um, at 250? <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, we're just very thankful that we're able, still able to do this after all these weeks. Yes, it's unbelievable. Thank you very much to anybody who's ever been part of our Patreon. If you've considered it, fucking get a move on, man, you fucking selfish bastards. Um, if you're not thinking about it, please do. Um, I won't be too harsh to you. Also, we should have someone soon coming on the podcast who's one of my heroes because he recently agreed to it. So if he doesn't, um, I will find him down and I will hunt him. So, um, yes. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Can't believe it. 250 episodes. Here we are. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Make eh? sure you are subscribing wherever you listen to this podcast. And follow us at, social, at SapmanPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've recently tried to do a TikTok. Who the fuck knows if that's going to do well? It's so real and all that kind of it's stuff. It's not going to do well. No, 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 no. It's not who the fuck knows it's going to do well. I know <laughs> it's not going to do well. <laughs> anyway. It's worth a laugh. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as we do normally every week, Sean gives a shout out to the elite members of our Saturn Podcast Patreon community. Get fucked. Those are the ones in the top tiers. But uh, every 50th episode, uh, it's a thing that I do it. So here we go. Probably going to struggle. But a massive thank you to the likes of Emily Perry, Vicky, Paul Hirschfield, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Stephen Afton, M. Evans Roberts, Danny Eaton, Amy Louise, Miami, I'm a Golden God, Louie, Kylie Wheeler, Carl Penglebury, James McNaught, Khalil King, Jenny Munster, Indigo Lima, Oscar, Victoria, Echo, Charlie, Oscar, Charlie, Kilo, Sierra. I love... Uh, <clears throat> says I love cocks. In- <laughs> oh. Nice. Thank you, Stanley. There's been 250 episodes of this. Thank you very much for not doing that to me. <laughs> Adam King of the Goth Pastelow, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Caroline Robinson, Craig Harris, Alexandra Pempleton... Diddy Grimwood, Jenny Robinson, Ellen Southfield, Kelly Irwin, Evan, oh, <laughs> one sock cutter, he cut socks, two sock cutter, they cut socks, three sock cutters, they cut socks. That was Scott Johnson, right? You say something about cutting cocks. <laughs> Murray Grimwood, Jason Heredia, Josh, I am. I am not the fig plucker, but the fig plucker, son. I am here to pluck your figs until the fig plucker comes, Chris. Couldn't read that because we're trying to read these names off a phone and it's hard. Uh, Carl David Smith, Natasha Morris, Kat Besson, Connor Lewins, Nathan Crawshaw, Amy Dawson, Molly Malloy, James Powerbank, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Stuart McNaught, John and Emma, Kate Puttock, Shan Foynes, Joe Janaway, Janelle Caston, and last but no means least, Nathan White. Yes, thank you very much to anybody there. If you have signed up to our Patreon this month and your name was left out just then, that's because um, the payment hasn't gone through to uh, Patreon yet. So that's um, that's neither our fault nor you as maybe just Patreon's <laughs> fault. So I'm not blaming anyone. <laughs> Calm down, everyone. Like, you didn't read my name on, you fuckers. Um, but yeah, check out our Patreon, patreon.com for us happening. This has been a great episode. I am fucking boiling. Right, let's wrap this up before Please. we become puddles of podcasting. Uh, but yes, thank you, everyone. We love you very, very much. Yes, and we we'll do. be back next week and every Friday with more fucking mad shenanigans. Hopefully next week we're less sweaty. I just had... I Sorry, I zoned out for a second. And <laughs> I just thought, imagine when we get a 500... That's 250 oh, episodes from now. Oh, oh fucking right. hell. Sapnick! Sapnick! <laughs> Thank you.
You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.